You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, um, giving you a sleep update. Haven't done one of those in a while, but I just could not wake up today. Um, first alarm is at 3 o'clock. It's officially 4.20 right now. So I lost a little over an hour um, just from having no ability to get up. So I was right on the verge of saying, I just, I can't do a podcast today. Like physically I can't get up and, um, there just isn't time to do an episode. So I think we're going to do a mini episode. I think I've tried this in the past and usually I end up doing full episodes and just being very late to work, but I'm going to try to stick to that. We're going to try to stick to mini episode. Um, what I want to do today, I actually thought yesterday was kind of interesting and this, uh, happens once in a while where I have a plan and, um, it kind of gets derailed as I'm doing it. Uh, it just doesn't exactly go as I planned it to. Um, as we've been going through the prospects the last couple of days from your mock drafts, the goal was let's get to know some of the, the prospects that we don't really know yet, right? Let's get to know some of the third round picks, fourth round picks, and I guess fifth, sixth, seventh while we're at it. If we can get to them, that's fine. If not, then whatever. Um, and I realized this uh, Dane Brugler draft guide here has some information that kind of highlighted things that not a lot of people knew. And I realized, I think there might be some information here about the prospects that we think we know that we maybe don't know. So (laughs) as much as I feel like we've been over the prospects that we know, the first round prospects a billion times, let's make sure Let's do a once-over, and I I can't guarantee we're going to get through them because, again, mini-episode, but I want to go through them. I want to go through the guys that, um, you know, we think we know. And listen, this isn't the be-all, end-all in terms of his interpretation of um, the prospect. If he says, I think he's a second-round prospect who lacks this, that, that's kind of the, the lesser important aspect of it. We'll talk about it because, you know, we'll see what Dane Brugler thinks. Obviously, his opinion matters. But it's really all the rest. It's it's the other insights that he had that it's like I didn't uh, I didn't know that. So let's just make sure we know these guys. Um, obviously, there's some speculation as to who exactly will be available, but we'll paint with a relatively broad brush. For example, the guy I want to start with is Kyle Hamilton. Um, on the consensus big board, Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Akemakwanu, Ahmad Gardner, Trayvon Walker. It's not impossible some of these guys fall. Right, Aiden will not fall. Kayvon Thibodeau, there are some questions in terms of his work ethic, and maybe he would fall. And you got to understand, 
there's potential for the Packers to get inside the top 10. I don't think they're going to do it, but again, I don't want to rule things out entirely because I don't know. If we're sitting there at eight and uh, the Packers trade up and they draft a guy that we haven't talked about at all because, quote unquote, that guy won't be available, no way he falls, blah, blah, blah. Well, crap. Um, you could even say Evan Neal, to be completely honest. He's number two on this list, which again, for the billionth time, this is why I love this draft so much. The number two guy on this board could fall to nearly 10 and we could end up drafting him because a lot of people think Akemakwanu is the number one guy and Evan Neal isn't exactly flawless. At the same time, Evan Neal is considered number two overall, so maybe Akwanu falls. Charles Cross used to be a guy that was never going to make it to us. Suddenly, he's just sitting at eight now. But I'm going to say no to Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Kemakwanu, uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, and Trayvon Walker. Although, I, I'm kind of tempted to do Trayvon. It's, it's funny because the Trayvon Walker hype train has gotten so insane. And again, I like it, but this is how it happens every single time. I'm looking at Trayvon Walker, and I'm like, this dude is good. I don't know why he's not higher. And then everybody around the world, obviously not because they listen to my podcast, although I would love for that to be the reality, but I don't think uh, all the draft analysts and everything are like, oh, man, I was listening to the Packernet podcast, and uh, that guy's really smart, and he likes Trayvon Walker. But people figured it out eventually that the guy is extremely freaky talented. But then as they're figuring that out, I'm digging even deeper and realizing this guy's stats are like generationally garbage. <laughs> like it's, he puts Rashawn Gary to shame. I mean, he's, he's, you can compare him to Rashawn Gary. He's, he's an extreme version of Rashawn Gary, whereas he's more athletically freaky and less productive in college than Rashawn. So maybe we'll start with Trevon Walker. I, I, again, he's borderline consensus number two, and some people are even putting him number one. But I think it's just gotten out of control. I really do. I think the, the, the Trayvon Walker hype has gotten out of control. And remember, the hype is media hype. It's not necessarily team hype. So let's start with him. First of all, one of the more interesting um, aspects of this is kind of learning a little bit about their family life. I haven't really talked about it a ton with some of these guys I have or whatever, but um, you also get to find out they have names that we don't know about. For example, uh, Trayvon Walker's name is Yuri. Do you guys know his name is Yuri? I didn't know his name is Yuri. It is. Trevon or Trayvon, however you pronounce it. I've heard it pronounced both ways, and um, I don't know what it is, but that's in quotes. His name is Yuri, quote, Trayvon Walker. So there you go. Two sisters born and raised in Thomaston, where his parents grew up, which is 70 miles south of Atlanta. Um, played, started playing sports kind of early, basketball, football. Also plays trombone, at least he did in middle school. I uh, went to Upson Lee High School, three, uh, three sport letterman, played everywhere. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, he's such an athletic freak. And when you're in high school and you're this psychotically talented, I mean, yeah, you're doing everything. But uh, all over the front seven on defense, saw snaps at running back, tight end, whatever. Honorable mention, all state uh, as a sophomore. And dude, can you imagine being a high school sophomore and being an honorable mention, all state? Finished 37 tackles, three sacks, two forced fumbles in 2017. As a senior, Walker earned U.S. Army All-American honors on the defensive line and added six touchdowns. He was a four-year starter on the basketball team and led Upson Lee to 75 consecutive wins, including back-to-back Class 4A state championships his sophomore and junior years. As a senior power forward, Walker averaged 16 points and 12 rebounds per game, finishing his career with 1,109 points, 1,023 rebounds. He also lettered in track. 
which uh, he did disc it in discus and shot put. I would have just thought he ran fast, but no. So this guy is actually, it's kind of interesting because, you know, these guys have such different backgrounds. I mean, this is one of those guys that you can tell his parents just made sure he did everything. I mean, maybe he was just a super big go-getter, but when you hear about a guy who was in band, like, come on, his parents made him do that. His parents had him in six different sports, had him in band, and he was just, he was one of those guys that was just great in everything. You know, and he's doing discus and shot put and everything else. I mean, he, he just, yeah, so he, he was that guy. Five-star recruit out of high school, not surprisingly. Number three defensive tackle in the 2019 recruiting class. Number two uh, out of the state of Georgia. He uh, kind of whittled down his offer list down to Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and South Carolina before uh, committing to his home state of, the Bull- of Georgia, obviously the Bulldogs. His father, named Stead, served in the Marines. Big shock. And raised Trayvon, Trayvon, I'm not switching now. I've been calling him Trayvon. I'm sticking with it. Trayvon, with that same sense of discipline. Walker's real first name is Yuri, same as his father, but has always gone by Trayvon. He decided to skip his senior season and enter the 2022 NFL draft. So, I mean, that's that's actually pretty cool. You know, if you're going to talk about a guy having kind of a rough, you know, childhood or whatever, and that being kind of an issue... Especially when you talk about a guy, I mean, I, I, I love this especially for Trayvon Walker because the big knock is what? He has all the athletic potential in the world, but he's got to be a Rashawn Gary in that he's got to put in the work. He's got to be a grinder because there's work to do to refine these skills and make him something special. And what do we know about Rashawn Gary? That dude can work. And he works and he works and he works and he works to hone his craft. This guy was raised by a Marine who instilled discipline in him. The guy, Trayvon Walker has done nothing but work. He's a worker. He's a grinder. Work is not a big deal for him. Getting up early, going to meetings, you know, studying and, and you know, putting, putting work first is not going to be a problem for him. He's not going to be staying up until one in the morning playing Call of Duty. This dude's going to put in work. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of all in on that, man. Because again, there, there are major question marks, marks with Walker, but the question, but the, obviously this is all about upside. So I, I generally don't think he's going to fall outside of the top five. I think he is going to go relatively early, but I'll tell you what, man, if, if a guy like this were to make it, I, I think the Packers are looking at a potentially better version of Rashawn Gary. And I just don't know how you can pass that up to be completely honest. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I hate the idea of trading up in general. I don't want to do it. I want more picks. I want more swings. I, I, we, we, we need more players. I would like to address safety. I would like to address wide receiver probably multiple times. I would like to address tight end. I would love to address offensive line probably a couple times, you know, and then maybe add in a couple other depth pieces, whatever comes up. We got a bunch of picks, man. You know, get, get, if you want to get a running back, we certainly should get some defensive tackle help, maybe get linebacker help. Who knows? Maybe if you got a sweet slot corner you want to get, let's go ahead and do it, man. But again, if your assessment of Trayvon Walker is he's Rashawn Gary, but better, I mean, you're talking potentially, I mean, the upside with this pick is you're talking one of the best pass rush duos in NFL history. That's hard to pass up. That's all I'm saying. So I dig that, man, for sure. Uh, next up is Kyle Hamilton. Similar reason. There's no reason he should fall. And to be honest, I don't think he will. I think the film says one thing. His, his uh, not even necessarily his pro day, but his combine says another thing, and I don't think scouts care. I don't think there's a single scout on planet Earth who saw his 40 time um, at his pro day, which again, his combine time was not as bad. He ran a 4.59 at his combine, a 4.7 at his pro day, which by the way, that 4.7 at his pro day should be more telling than it is, um, just generally. 
because there are some guys who didn't also put up a four five nine. We should look at Kyle Hamilton and say, see, that's how you know he doesn't run a four seven because of his combine. He ran a four five nine, but for some reason we can't do that. We look at this and go, oh, he runs a four seven. No, you absolute psychopath. <laughs> what are you talking about? He runs a four five nine and possibly even better. But the point is, there are other guys. Uh, Isaiah Likely is the big one that everybody talks about, where on tape he clearly runs faster than what he put forward on, um, I don't know if it was the Combine or Pro Day or what. I think it was his Pro Day. But this is just a good example of some guys just don't necessarily test very well. And you've got a guy who ran a 4.7 that you know can shave off, you know, what, 11 tenths of a second? A guy that runs at least a 4.59 couldn't do better than a 4.7 at his Pro Day. Why? Because I don't know, man. It's a 40 time. It's hard to do. And he's six foot four. He's kind of lanky. And you got to get down in this weird crouch position and do all the. It's stupid, man. Watch him on tape close like nobody can close. This dude goes from center field to behind the line of scrimmage smoking guys like I don't even I don't even understand how he got there so fast. He takes like four steps and he's there. But anyways, let's pretend he falls to the 10-ish region in the Packers trade up. Okay. Kyle Hamilton, youngest of two boys, born on the Greek island of Crete. Another Greek dude. What is going on in Greece, dude? I got to go to Greece and start just eat, eating some food. I hit the button on accident. Just be like, hey, um, let me get some of that, uh, the good stuff. You know, like, I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, just get, listen, don't play stupid with me. We've got football players and basketball players coming to the United States crushing us. This is Europe, okay? This is freaking middle of nowhere Europe. People don't come from the middle of nowhere Europe and dominate American football and basketball from Greece. Sorry, you know what I'm talking about. Give it to me. Either that or I should just start eating gyros more often, which, by the way, probably could eat a gyro every single day of my life. One of the more underrated foods ever. Youngest of two boys born on the Greek island of Crete, spent time in Russia as an infant while his father played basketball overseas. His parents divorced when he was three. That's irrelevant to me. Probably didn't need to read that part. Sorry. <laughs> Seriously, that does, I mean, I, I, I kind of get that you might need to know something, but I don't feel that's important. Grew up in the Atlanta area, which is also part of this formula. You go from Greece to Atlanta. Throw in a couple gyros, a little bit of Southern food, and uh, NFL. But started playing football at age six, grew up in a basketball family, uh, starred on the AAU circuit through middle school, but was also talented quarterback on the football field. In seventh grade, Hamilton enrolled at Morris School, a private Catholic school at the Atlanta suburb of Brookhaven. He played quarterback in eighth and ninth grade, but a broken right wrist. Oh, there you go. Freshman year, broken wrist. Nope. Nope. Dropping down the board. He's got an injury. Red flag right there, folks. <laughs> Sorry. I will say we we do also, you know, I've, I've kind of hammered on the age thing, which again is important, not saying it's not important, but I'm just, I, I kind of am picking on people now because it's like, take them off the board. We kind of do that with injuries too, a little bit to, to somewhat of an extreme, like, Ooh, dude's got an injury. Can't draft him. Like name two guys on our team that didn't have some kind of an injury. Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. I mean, they've had some pretty serious injuries and then they just go back to being great. Just, just throwing that out there. 
Three-year starting safety on varsity while also playing wide receiver on offense. As a senior, Hamilton led Morris to an 11-3 record in a state playoff semifinal, posting 38 catches, 804 yards, seven touchdowns on offense, 72 tackles, and four interceptions on defense. Also had two block kicks on special teams. He earned first-team all-region honors and was a U.S. Army All-American. Hamilton also lettered in basketball in high, high school and was known for his defense. Probably could read that as defense if you wanted to, but I'm, uh, I'm kind of... Uh, kind of posh like that you know four-star recruit out of high school hamilton was the number five safety in 2019 recruiting class and the number nine recruit out of georgia which is saying something because that's apparently where all the stars come from started receiving scholarship offers as a sophomore and collected three dozen offers despite despite a late push from georgia hamilton committed to notre dame partly because of its academics he scored a 30 on his act i know you're not supposed to look at that like that's some terrible thing to pay attention to how intelligent a person is but i'm sorry i care I think Bob McGinn gets dinged for that. Like, oh, this guy cares so much about his, uh, their, their intelligence scores, whatever that thing's called. It's like, well, yeah, dude, I care. Why would you not care about intelligence? Football is v- a very high intellect sport. I mean, I know it's not nice to like talk about people that aren't maybe super smart, but I'm sorry. It's not nice to call people slow and fat and all kinds of things. But if you're slow and fat, you're not going to be good either. And I'm not going to draft you unless you're like a, you know, offensive lineman. And uh, by slow, I mean like relative to wide receivers. But um, yeah, it's it's a factor that matters. I'm sorry. Sorry if it hurts people's feelings. But um, yeah, Kyle Hamilton, the fact that he is um, well-traveled, the fact that his parents are athletes, the fact that he's uh, been around, the fact that he's done multiple things, the fact that he went to a school for academics, the fact that he got a 30 on his ACT, all of this matters to me. To varying degrees. I mean, his time spent in Greece maybe doesn't matter all that much, but it's It's not the worst thing. With his lanky frame, he considered quitting football as a freshman after Tulane offered him a basketball scholarship. His father, Derek, was a third-round draft pick by the New Jersey Nets in the 1988 NBA draft out of Southern Miss. Derek would rather train several NBA and NFL players in the Atlanta area. Would later train, whatever. His mother, Jackie, was born in South Korea. Kyle's older brother, Tyler, played basketball collegiately at Penn and William Marion now works in marketing for uh, Athletes First Agency. Kyle is related to Antonio Lang, who won two NCAA basketball titles at Duke and is now an assistant coach with the NBA's Cleveland Cavaliers. Hamilton, along with his three roommates, hosted the Inside the Garage podcast, which was picked up by Colin Coward's podcast network. Hamilton elected to skip his final season of eligibility. Dude's a podcaster, too. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, first of all, I got to check out that podcast and, you know, maybe he wants to have a guest. Maybe, maybe I want to have a guest. Maybe he wants to be a guest. Maybe he's like, man, I just, I need some notoriety. Like, people don't know who I am. I got to get my name out there. And I'm like, dude, I got you. Like, I, I pff, got you, dude. It's not, it's not even like a big deal. It's all good, man. <laughs> Anyways, Inside the Garage podcast, if you want to find out about, which by the way, dude's an open book, man. Um, which I, which I like, you know, I mean, when there's kind of like secrecy, it's kind of like, what do you, what do you, what are you doing, man? But when you're like, let's start a podcast. I, I mean, if you have skeletons in your po- closet and a podcast, that's just a bad decision. I'm guessing dude's just like, I don't know. I, I think Kyle Hamilton, I mean, he, he's, he's one of the more athletically freaky guys out there. He checks every single possible box in terms of just, you know, again, you got the work ethic, you've got the intelligence, which safety in particular is an intelligence position. 
Anyways, let me read his quick little blurb here. Overall, Hamilton frustrates quarterbacks with all the ways he impacts the game and will need an NFL defensive scheme that understands how to maximize his versatile talent. A mashup of Isaiah Simmons and Justin Simmons, he has the potential to be a diverse matchup weapon in the NFL due to his rare combination of physical traits and natural football instincts. He has a first-round grade on him, obviously, number six overall. Clearly, we're not going to get through very many prospects today, but let's get to the more interesting guy here. This one makes probably more sense although we would still have to trade up, and it's probably less likely we trade up for him. But let's talk about him anyways. That's Mr. Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. So uh, Wilson at his, uh, well, he did combine and pro day, but did testing mostly at, at his combine. Uh, 183 at the combine, 184 at his pro day. So he's, he's beginning the bulk up process, which is good to see. Let's see if he can get up one more pound. That would be fantastic. Which, by the way, well, <laughs> These guys, man, it's like oh, I'm bulking up and like several weeks later, I gained a pound. Like, dude, I will gain seven pounds tomorrow. All right. I'm not even kidding you. So why don't you shut up with this? Like I'm trying to put on weight stuff. I want to put on lean muscle mass. <laughs> Eat a couple friggin' burritos, dude. Get out of my face. Ran a 438, 36 inch vert, 436 short shuttle, 10-3 broad jump. Chose not to do the three cone or bench press. Garrett Wilson, one of five children, grew up in Dublin, Ohio. Won multiple youth football titles as a quarterback and started the AAU circuit in basketball. So again, kind of similar. Started basketball early doing the AAU circuit, which I never heard of until today, but it's a basketball thing, I guess. So youth sports very early. Uh, His favorite sport, by the way, basketball. In the sixth grade, he moved to Austin, Texas because of his father's job. And Wilson attended Hudson Bend Middle School after enrolling in Lake Travis High, which is the alma mater of Baker Mayfield, by the way. He played varsity as a freshman wide receiver and was one of the team's top weapons as a sophomore, finishing with 53 catches, 699 yards, and 12 touchdowns in 2016. Wilson had a prolific junior season with 98 receptions, 1,774 yards, and 26 touchdowns, 32 touchdowns total. Was named 2017-2018 Central Texas Athlete of the Year. He missed six weeks as a senior because of a minor back injury, but still finished the 2018 season with 1,151 receiving yards and 19 touchdowns. He was named the U.S. Army All-American uh, finished his prep career with 204 catches, 3,359 yards, 55 total touchdowns. Three-year member of the Lake Travis varsity basketball team, earned first-team All-Central Texas honors as a junior, averaging 21 points per game. Didn't play as a senior because he enrolled early at Ohio State. Wilson also lettered in track and set personal bests in the 100 meters, uh, 1139, and long jump, 21. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what good numbers are, so I'm not even going to try. But he did great in that as well. Again, another guy that. Playing sports his whole life, multiple sports, dominated all the sports, did track, football, basketball, dominated all of them. Five-star recruit out of high school, number two wide receiver in the 2019 recruiting class, uh, number 20 overall player, and number three recruit out of the state of Texas behind Kenyon Green and DeMarvin Leal. No No shortage of suitors with 30 major offers before narrowing his list to two, choosing his old home, Ohio State, over his new home, Texas, and enrolling January 2019. He also received scholarship offers from several Division I basketball programs. He would have pursued basketball if he was bigger. So, again, that is his number one sport. Unfortunately, when you are um, 5'11", 183 pounds, you probably have a better shot being an NFL wide receiver, which I can't even fathom that. Like, you're, you're so talented that you could go on to be a like elite NFL wide receiver or a star basketball player, even though you're really short basketball programs. are like, dude, we'll still take you and you'll still dominate. Um, again, similar story. Father Kenny played collegiate basketball at Davidson from 81 to 84 and is in the school's hall of fame, ranking seventh in program history and points. K 
Kenny played briefly with the NBA's Denver Nuggets. His older brother played wide receiver at Iowa and Ohio before legal troubles. His older brother, Donovan, played running back at Bowling Green. Wilson elected to skip his senior season, including the Rose Bowl, enter the 2022. And so he's got the genes, right? He's got the genes. His brothers, his, his dad. He's just one of those guys where his dad is... It's just one of those things that kind of puts you to shame, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I got, I got some good DNA, man. I bet my kids are going to be... Although, I'll tell you what, man, my son's pretty... Uh, I'm starting to understand why, why parents kind of, like, push their kids, because it's, it's really just a matter of, don't embarrass my DNA, dude. Like, I'm, I'm elite, and, I, and everybody needs to realize that my DNA is just fantastic. And rather than me showing everyone by doing anything ever, I'll just have my son do it. Be like, see? Good genes right there, huh? <laughs> he probably got it from like his great-great-great-grandpa, who was like a power lumberjack or something. I'm over here taking credit. I said power lumberjack, okay? I don't know what they did back then. I don't know. Like, you know what they did in the 1400s? Get out of here. You don't have any idea what they were doing in freaking Sweden in 1400. Well, is that Viking? It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. We're not having history class today. He was a power lumberjack Viking. And it would have been Norway, but whatever. Norwegian, not Swedish. Maybe I am Swedish. I don't know. I don't... Listen, I told you I don't have time for this today, okay? So if you're going to be getting carried away, then this just isn't going to work. In fact, we should probably take a break. But let's uh, get to Gareth Wilson's summary here. Wilson needs continued route refinement, but he makes the playbook come alive with his ability to get open before and after the catch thanks to his athleticism and instincts. With his slender flame, elite body control, catch point skills, he reminds me of CeeDee Lamb, which sucks because I wasn't a big CeeDee Lamb fan, but I guess he's a decent NFL receiver. I mean, if he turns into CeeDee Lamb, I wouldn't be disappointed. By the way, I don't see CeeDee Lamb. I don't, but anyways, he does, and he's better at this than me. First round, number 10 overall. Um, why don't we go ahead and take a break here? Um, I would go through the whole rigmarole, but again, short on time. So we've got the Patreon on Twitter, Patreon on the Facebook group. If you want a link, I had somebody reach out yesterday and ask for that link. Thank you very much to you for your donation. I'm sorry, I forgot. Let me, let me, let me at least look at your name so I can. Sean, thank you, Sean, very much for your donation. I really appreciate that. Um, but if you wouldn't mind giving to those GoFundMes, and if you want me to just get you the link, just let me know and I will. Also, A Modern Frontier, if you are looking for a meat source, Use promo code MEATPACKER, one word, all caps, to get $25 off your order. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. 
Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's look at the next guy on the list, Jermaine Johnson. Another guy that could go top 10, could go top 5, might fall to 15-ish. I don't know. I have no idea. Currently ranked uh, 12th on the consensus big board. But uh, six foot four, 200, and, well, he went from 254 to 260, so there's those burritos, dude. I told you it's not that hard. But uh, more recently, 260, 45840, and no, let's be honest, nobody cares about the rest. Jermaine Johnson grew up in Minneapolis suburb, uh, attended Eden Prairie High, played three years of varsity football as a defensive lineman and wide receiver while while also lettering in basketball and track. As a senior, Johnson recorded 267 receiving yards and six touchdown uh, catches on offense and 82 tackles, 15 tackles for a loss, and 10 sacks in 2016. Um, He was a three-star recruit out of high school, number 105 weak side defensive end in 2017 recruiting class, number 11 out of the state of Minnesota. So definitely not very highly uh, recruited. He received interest from Louisville and nearby Minnesota, but his poor academics, 1.9 GPA, uh, prevented Division I programs from offering him scholarships. This is a quote from Johnson. I didn't handle what I was supposed to. I was just, uh, it was just bad grades and making bad decisions. That's a quote from him. In 2017, Johnson enrolled at Independence Community College in southeastern Kansas, where he was featured in the Netflix series Last Chance U, and produced 12.5 sacks over two seasons, a four-star JUCO recruit. Johnson was the number one JUCO recruit in 2019 recruiting class, received offers from Oregon, Texas, and USC before committing to Georgia. Looking for more playing time, he entered the transfer portal after two seasons in Athens and signed with Florida State where he took advantage of the NCAA's extra year of eligibility rule because of the pandemic. His older brother, Vidal, played wide receiver at Independence Community College. Johnson accepted his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. So all that extra rigmarole um, leads us to him being 23 years old as opposed to being 21 years old coming out of college. Um, Overall notes on him says Johnson has average get-off but his length, agility, and active hands lead to disruption as both a pass rusher and run defender. He projects as an every-down NFL starter. I would like to add the man has powerful hands, which sounds like a weird thing. It's a term that I have coined myself. It's a term that no scout cares about except myself. It's called bear paws. He has bear paws. You know, like if a bear was a pass rusher and he just did a, like his, he, he just kind of like did a real, not even seemingly very powerful, just kind of like smacked you in the chest. You, aside from the probable uh, heart failure, the cardiac arrest that would ensue, um, it would also knock you about four feet backward. This is one of those guys that is flying at a weird, you know how some guys you got to hit head on? A lot of these linebackers, like if they don't hit you square, it's not going to be a tackle. This is a guy who completely misses, but just gets his hand on the quarterback's chest as he's flying past him and the quarterback does a backflip. So I don't know where the power comes from. It's one of those uh, rare Japanese arts, you know. Maybe he did Aikido when he was younger. Just he's got some kind of a source of energy inside of his uh, chi that, you know, wraps around the 
the something and comes out of his something. I don't know any words other than chi. He's, his chi comes out of his chi and right into the chi. It's something like that. I don't know exactly the terminology, but it, I'm, I'm close. We're getting warmer. But uh, bear paws is what we're talking about. Next up, we got a guy that's a little bit more likely to be taken by the Green Bay Packers. But again, I mean, this is a guy that fell to me in the most recent mock draft I did. It was a like a group mock draft with um, a bunch of Instagram pages. Drake London fell to me. So Drake London is a guy that potentially could fall, but he could also go top 10. Again, craziest draft in the history of the world. But um, what I think we have his pro day coming up this week, which is going to be the probably the most anticipated pro day of um, of any pro day this year. Because, you know, it's, it's going to determine whether we have any chance of getting this guy. But 20.76 years old, which again, you know, age doesn't disqualify you, but it matters. And when you're not even 21, that's a thing, especially if you're the Packers. That alone is like, dude, put him way up on the board. Start with 20 right? He's 20. Put him way up on the board, and we'll, we'll drop him slowly over time as his tape dictates. But as of right now, put him number one over Aiden Hutchinson. Drake London, one of two children, born and raised in Ventura County, California, just north of LA. Family moved to Moore Park, 50 miles north of LA in 2004. Played every sport he could, but always gravitated toward basketball, which is his first love, and football. London started playing tackle football in fifth grade, started the AAU circuit for hoops, obviously. Attended Moore Park High, where he played both basketball and football all four years. As a junior, London led the team to a Division V championship, earned second-team All-Area honors with 51 catches, 1,032 yards, 11 touchdowns. He finished with 62 receptions, 1,089 yards, 12 touchdowns. In 2018, took home numerous All-American and All-State awards. Also, as a senior, London led the basketball team to the 2018-19 Division III AA quarterfinals with 29.2, 11.9 rebounds, to 3.8 assists per game. There's a lot of stats here. Point is very good at basketball and football. Earned all-county honors in both basketball and football. He's a four-star recruit coming out of high school, number 35 wide receiver, 2019 recruiting class, and number 33 recruit out of the state of California. He was also a three-star basketball recruit, ranked as the number 30 shooting guard in the country. London received more than 20 scholarship offers. It's funny. I'm going to pause here. It's funny because how many times have we seen... um, some of these guys in the NFL who are like goofing around like Devontae or whatever when they, they, they'll shoot hoops with each other and they get real competitive, like who's better at basketball? It just dawned on me that some of these guys are like NBA caliber basketball players, <laughs> like literally, legitimately NBA caliber basketball players who are just like goofing around playing basketball. That's crazy. He received more than 20 scholarship offers for football, including Notre Dame and Oregon, but USC and Virginia were the two programs that he uh, that committed to him in both sports. Growing up a USC and Reggie Bush fan, he committed to the Trojans the summer before his senior year. After his freshman football season, London joined the basketball team and logged three rebounds in six minutes over two games. What? Anyways, whatever. I don't know. He didn't play very much, I guess. After his breakout sophomore season in football, he decided not to join the USC basketball team for the 2020-2021 season. His older sister, Michaela, is a model and social influencer, around 400,000 followers on Instagram. London elected to skip his senior season. Is it creepy if I go find Michaela London on Instagram? 349,000, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm not following her on Instagram. She is a neighborhood hope dealer. Interesting. Curious what this uh, website is, but I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know where this is headed, so I'm just going to go ahead and click that X and get out of here. I don't know what's going on. I just, you just don't know. I mean, maybe she's just selling makeup. Could be makeup. I don't know. I'm not going to find out. I don't need to find out. I thought maybe there's some good, wholesome entertainment on there. 
not so much. Anyways, London needs continued development with his route running, but he provides big playability with his outstanding size, athleticism, and ball skills, including extraordinary instincts when the ball is in the air. Number 15 overall on his board. How much time we got? Can maybe do one more, possibly two. Let's see. Next up is the big man, Jordan Davis, who again, I mean, it's, it's, you've got people who are like, you're an idiot if you don't think Jordan Davis is a top 10 prospect. I think that kind of rhetoric has calmed down a little bit. People that were saying that have kind of stopped because basically nobody agrees with that anymore. But, um, I mean, legitimately with his talent, it's like he probably won't fall out of the top 15. And I'm kind of still in that camp. You know, I mean, he's he's got the Vita Vea thing going on, although, again, Vita Vea was a million times better as a pass rusher. But the potential to be that good of a pass rusher is there with Jordan Davis. So I could see top 15, but also it's there's there's not as much hype there. So if people think he's just a two-down player, he will fall. But uh, six foot six, 341 pounds, 22 years old, 47840 is absolutely psychotic. Jordan Davis has two younger brothers, grew up in Charlotte with a single mother, Throughout his childhood, his focus was on basketball uh, and AAU tournaments, and he played very little football. He originally attended Hopewell High, which is in uh, Huntersville, North Carolina, as a freshman before his family moved, and he transferred to Mallard Creek High in Charlotte prior to his sophomore year. Despite very little experience, Davis was pressured to give football a try and split his sophomore year between junior varsity and varsity. Lining up mostly as an offensive lineman, he moved up to varsity full-time for his final two seasons and played on both sides of the ball, although it became clear that his future would be on defense. As a senior, Davis helped Mallard Creek to a 14-1 record and the 2017 4AA state championship game, earning first-team All-State honors as a defensive lineman. He also lettered in basketball. A three-star defensive tackle recruit out of high school, Davis was the 29 defensive tackle in 2018 recruiting class, number 15 out of North Carolina. Despite, despite very little experience, his high school coaches pushed him to attend recruiting camps the summer before his junior year, and his raw size and talent earned him offers from nearby programs like North Carolina and NC State. Davis added offers from Florida, Florida State, and Michigan before committing to Georgia. He declined his invitation to the 2022 Senior Bowl. A couple other little highlights here. Had uh, in college freshman All-American, freshman All-SEC. Um, as a junior, second-team All-American, blocked field goal, missed three games because of a right elbow injury. In his final year, unanimous first-team All-American, first-team All-SEC, Chuck Bednarik Award, Outland Trophy, and rushed for a touchdown. Thank you very much. Summary, Davis offers limited pass rush value, but he has size, functional power, and block recognition to be a dominant run defender. He projects as a starting NFL nose tackle in multiple fronts. First, second round grade, number 24 overall. So again, based on what Dane Brugler says, this guy, and, and this isn't even necessarily debatable, elite run defending nose tackles, you're talking late first, early second, at best. The, the only question is, is somebody going to look at this guy and say, this guy is going to be a pass rusher? Like, we can, we can get that out of him. We can turn him into Vita Vea. If so, he goes earlier. And by the way, um, if you're talking, if he makes it to pick like 28, possibly even 22, I don't know that the Packers don't pull the trigger on this guy. Because although they love the versatility and this, that, or the other thing, I mean, you're, you're talking about, this is a great fit for the Packers. Um, I for, it was um, on Sunday night's episode, Sam Holman which, by the way, I have just been devouring some Packernet po- podcast content. It, I'm, I am really happy. <laughs> Allow me to brag a little bit. I'm really happy with the the shows that we have. Some really great insights. But you know, one of the things he highlighted, uh, Sam did, was just, and, and this is something I've been saying for several years, where you, you kind of wish Kenny Clark, being as good of a pass rusher as he was, kind of moved a little bit more to defensive end, played a little bit less nose tackle. You get a guy like Jordan Davis, dude. 
And you can, if you have a guy like Jordan Davis, who is a dominant, dominant, elite nose tackle, and you can move Kenny Clark to defensive end and just get all the one-on-ones with Jaron Reed, Jaron Reed, however you say it, um, also on the other side with Preston and Rashawn and Devondre Campbell having a little bit of an easier time because you got this massive human being in the middle just eating up offensive linemen and so nobody's getting to that next level. I mean, it just, it just, the, the ripple effect that that has, even if he has very little impact as a pass rusher, the ripple effect that it has in coverage, the ripple effect it has in the run game, obviously the ripple effect it has in pass rush for the guys around him, it's pretty massive. I mean, if you can draft a guy that's going to help your run defense, your pass rush, your coverage, I think uh, I think that helps a little bit. And really, I mean, it helps your coverage by helping your pass rush. So it's kind of, but it also, I mean, it, it could free you up in terms of having more DBs. I mean, if you have one guy that can serve as like two defensive linemen, you probably have a little bit more more flexibility to run different schemes that maybe you would feel a little bit more uncomfortable with. You know, that, that was Mike Pettin's whole thing is I want to get defensive linemen that are so good, we don't need very many of them. So it's kind of interesting. It's it's like my priority is is defensive backs, and the way I express my priority of defensive backs is by expressing the priority of the defensive line. So I, I you know I, I I haven't been out on Davis, but I've been kind of out on the Davis narrative. But I, I genuinely genuinely think that there is a potential for the Packers to see the massive upside in a guy like Jordan Davis and what he can do for our defense. And if he does fall because of his limited ability, um, that could be to the Packers' benefit. All right, let's do one more. We're going to do wide receiver Jamison Williams, and I think we're just going to continue with this. I don't know if you guys like it, but I'm enjoying the heck out of this. Um, Again, just really getting to know um, these guys better. By the way, if you're wondering about the big board, I said hopefully by Monday it would be done. It, I did get quarterback done, but I have to go back and refine all the grades a little bit because, um, again, I've got this new formula that works just much better. It, it's really, It's really doing a better job of what I want it to do. Um, not only does it give me more accurate grades, it, it removes the issue with outliers, but it also is going to make it so that it, you you can do cross-positional um, rankings much better. And by the way, just, just a teaser, Desmond Ritter is going to be pretty high on the board. Pending any future tweaks, he now has a 90 overall grade. The next highest is an 85. So so with my the thing that I have, Desmond Ritter is just, he's high. The only reason I really bring that up is because it's like, you know, there's a couple guys now in the 90s, and most of them make sense. You know, Garrett Wilson is in the 90s, and there's a couple offensive linemen that are like, oh yeah, for sure, they're in the 90s. But Ritter is like a second-round quarterback prospect. That's that's the one that's like, I don't know, man, it's just, it's what it is. Jamison Williams, Alabama. Alabama. One of four children born in St. Louis grew up in a track family. Go figure. He started playing football at a youth level later enrolled at Cardinal Ritter College Prep, a Catholic high school in St. Louis. After seeing immediate varsity varsity action as a freshman and sophomore, Williams recorded 36 catches, 1,062 yards, 29.5 average, which is psychotic, and 15 touchdowns as a junior, adding three kick returns for touchdowns. As a senior, he led Cardinal Ritter to the 2018 Class 3 state championship game, uh, finishing the season with 68 receptions for 1,626 yards, 23.9 average, and 22 touchdowns to earn All-State honors. Williams was even more prolific on the track team with a 37.28 uh, in the 300-meter hurdles, which broke Ezekiel Elliott's state record. That's kind of cool. Um, he led Cardinal Ritter to the 2018 state title as a junior, winning state titles in 300-meter hurdles and 400 meters. During his prep career, he set personal bests in the 100 meters, 200 meters, 400 meters, and long jump. So again, probably not super surprising, but still pretty cool. 
Four-star recruit out of high school, Williams was the number 13 wide receiver in the 2019 recruiting class and the number one recruit in the state of Missouri. His first scholarship offers came during his sophomore year from Syracuse. Uh, He received almost 50 offers in total. His final choice came down to Alabama or Ohio State. He chose the Buckeyes. After two seasons and only 15 catches in Columbus, Williams found himself behind Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Jackson Smith Najiba and elected to enter the transfer portal during the spring of 2019. Can you imagine being Jamison Williams and being the number four wide receiver? That's just insane. By the way, Chris Olave is like the number three receiver on that team. The number one wide receiver in this class is the number two receiver on Ohio State's freaking roster. After less than a week in the portal, he announced his transfer to Alabama and joined the Tide in summer of 2021. His father, James Sr., ran track collegiately at Abilene Christian. James Sr. met his wife, Tiana, on a track team at Summer High in St. Louis. James's older brother, James Jr., ran track at Northwestern Missouri State. His older sister, Gianna, ran track at Wayland Baptist. His younger brother, Jaden, currently runs track at Western Texas College. Williams elected to skip his senior season and enter the 2022 draft uh, portal, whatever. He played at Ohio State 2019 2020 uh, and then 2021 Alabama first team All American, first team All SEC, led SEC in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, two kick return touchdowns. His overall, Williams is rehabbing a torn ACL, but if healthy, he has the field stretching speed and ball instincts to be a big play weapon. He projects as an NFL starter with a chance to be special in a downfield passing offense. Um, so, <laughs> you know, again, he, he, he's got the whole, you know, thing where he's just done everything. You know, he's a, he's a track star. He's an athlete. He's done football. You know, his family is a working family, a, a sports family, a genetically gifted family. I think my, my biggest issue with him is I don't, I, I didn't read anything that says this guy's more than speed, right? He's a track star. What, what do we learn from his childhood? He's a track star. Well, he was good at football in high school. Yeah, by being a track star, getting 25 yards per reception, you ran fast and caught pass. He just ran past everybody. Did you see the yards per reception numbers? And then he goes to college and basically didn't play for two years because he wasn't good enough at Ohio State. Then he goes to Alabama and was a track star and won by being a track star. I just, I don't know. I, listen, we, we talk about this every year. Guys who are really, 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 really fast don't usually pan out in the NFL. It's only unless you can add being a really good wide receiver to it. And every year we hear the same thing. No, but this guy is a really good wide receiver. Same thing with Henry Ruggs the year before. And there's always a guy that's like super fast. But this guy isn't just speed. He's something more than that. And it's it's not true. I mean, granted, there, there are guys now who are really fast that are also good, but not guys that are seen as just track stars. Like Devontae Smith is fast, and he is a good wide receiver in the NFL seemingly right now. I mean, a lot of these guys now coming out or running four threes or whatever, like if Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson are good wide receivers, I'm not going to say that's an example because it's not. Nobody's looking at them saying they're speed guys. No, they're, they're you know, Olave is a good route runner. He happens to be fast. Garrett Wilson's a good receiver who happens to be fast. Jamison Williams is fast. The question is, is he anything more than that? And because of the massive obsession with speed, everybody is, is talking themselves into believing that, yes, he's much more than just speed. But again, I... I don't personally see more than just speed. And every single year I have people trying to talk me into, no, trust me, dude, this guy's more than just speed. And more often than not, he's just speed. They're just speed and they don't really translate. So I, I, you know, again, if the Packers take him, great. But he, I mean, even, even with the Packers, when we get speed guys, they're never that good. Whoever our speed guy, MVS was not that good. Uh, Trevor Davis was not that good. Uh, Jeff Janis was not that good. I mean, granted, those guys were not really high picks or anything like that, but 
When have we added a guy that was like our speed guy that actually was a really big asset for us? When does anybody, outside of like Tyreek Hill, I don't know. It just, it doesn't usually happen. So um, I'll say high upside, but um, pretty low probability of being an elite athlete. Could be, but I, if I'm putting my money on a wide receiver, it's not going to be Jamison Williams. Anyways, I got to get out of here. Um, I do want to continue this. I'm, again, I'm very much enjoying this whole thing. Really just getting to know these guys we've been talking about since forever and come to find out we actually don't know very much about them. But um, you guys have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.